Hello, everyone. Welcome to Minghui Radio, bringing you podcasts of stories relating to the persecution of Falun Gong in China, insights and experiences gained by practitioners during the course of their cultivation, special items of interest, and music composed and performed by Dafa practitioners. The following is an experience-sharing article from the 2023 Mid-U.S. Falun Dafa Experience-Sharing Conference entitled Raising Awareness of the Persecution in College by a Falun Dafa Practitioner in the U.S. The article was published on the Minghui website on August 23, 2023. Greetings, Master. Greetings, fellow disciples. I began practicing Falun Dafa when I was young and many interesting things have happened along the way. I would like to share some experiences and understandings I've gained from my cultivation in Falun Dafa. Part 1. Life in College My first semester at college, I shared a one-bedroom apartment with three roommates. Over the first few weeks, I had to figure out when and where I could study the Fa and do the exercises. We had a meeting scheduled to discuss our lease contract and I understood that this meeting was an opportunity for me to talk about Falun Gong as well as our personal schedules. During the meeting, I showed them Dafa flyers and told them about the persecution happening in China. One of my roommates was interested and started asking questions about Dafa. To my alarm, I realized that I couldn't explain it to him in detail. I could only recall the stories I had heard as I was growing up. Instead, I pulled up images of the Chinese Communist Party's burgeoning oppression in Hong Kong. After we signed the lease, I looked online for help learning how to clarify the truth to others. Once I adjusted to my class schedule, I was always the first one of us out of bed in the morning. I quickly closed the bedroom door and then played the exercise music in our study area. Then I would eat breakfast and go to class. At night, I would sit on my bunk bed to join an online FA study. We had nice weather at the start of the semester, so I decided to do the exercises on campus and found a suitable outdoor area. It reminded me of my childhood, when my parents and I had joined a practice site at a local park. The first day I practiced outside, the campus was very busy, and my attachment to my reputation emerged. Distracting thoughts appeared about how other people were watching and judging me. I felt uncomfortable doing the standing exercises as I was used to doing them in my room alone. I thought it might be better to do the sitting meditation instead. So I did, and when I finished the fifth exercise, I remember feeling very happy. There was a sense of freedom, and I felt that this campus environment provided many opportunities to cultivate. Master taught us in the article Environment from Essentials for Further Advancement, quote, There are also many new Dafa practitioners who are secretly practicing at home, fearing the embarrassment of others finding out. Think about it. What kind of thought is this? An ordinary fear is an attachment that needs to be eliminated through cultivation practice, yet you're afraid of others finding out that you're learning Dafa? Cultivation practice is a very serious matter. How should you regard yourself and the Fa? There are also some people in leadership positions that find it embarrassing to go out and do the exercises. If you can't even overcome such a trivial feeling, what would you be able to cultivate? In fact, even if you go to the practice site, there might not be people who know you. Unquote. I practiced often at the same location throughout my college career. 
Once I was doing the fifth exercise when I heard footsteps on my right and considered stopping the exercise to introduce myself, but after waiting and hearing nothing else, I decided not to. It seemed like someone may have been sitting next to me. When I finished the exercise and looked around, though, I saw no one, and I realized that I had missed an opportunity to clarify the truth. Perhaps this person wanted to hear more about Dafa, but didn't want to disturb me. Many months later, I had a booth at a student activity fair. Many student organizations were there promoting various clubs. One woman recognized me and came over to chat. She said that some time ago she had been having a terrible day and was ready to cry, but instead she saw me meditating and decided to sit down and listen to the music. She said it had made her feel better. This must have been the same person from those months before. After relating that story, I introduced her to Dafa and gave her a lotus flower. The COVID pandemic hit toward the end of my freshman year, and all students were sent home to finish our classes online. Schedules were changed, and professors all had to adjust to online lectures. It seemed that every day when I got home, my attachment to leisure would emerge. With all my lectures being online, I could sleep in every day, and I tried not to sleep in too late as I still had homework to stay on top of. In my diary, I began counting the number of times I was able to get up at 5.55 a.m. to send forth righteous thoughts. In the beginning, it was difficult, and I would often go back to sleep after I finished. But after 14 days, I had adjusted to this new schedule. The COVID lockdown was also an opportunity to improve my family environment. I noticed that my brother was entering high school, my mom was taking care of my grandmother who had had a stroke, and my dad was very busy at work and came home exhausted. We had no set time for practice or FA study, and sometimes both were neglected. So I gathered some online videos and pictures to show my family what I had begun to understand through my cultivation. I felt nervous throughout this presentation, since I was speaking to my family in a more formal way than usual. Looking back, it seemed like I had no end result in mind, since all I did was share some thoughts that I had found interesting about Falun Dafa. After I finished this presentation, though, my mom suggested we do the exercises together in the morning. For the rest of the summer, we were able to do the exercises and study the Fa regularly as a family. During my second year of college, in-person club activities were all prohibited due to the COVID lockdown, so I started to introduce Falun Gong online. There was a small private room in our dorm where I would join our online meetings. When no one joined the meeting, I would continue doing the exercises and wait for other people. One day, I noticed that someone had left a pen on the table, and I figured that someone else had been using the room. So I took out a piece of paper and wrote a few sentences introducing myself. I left that paper there for the next person to read. And over the next few weeks, I saw that many people were using this piece of paper to keep in touch. I left a comment to everyone about how I liked to listen to Shen Yun's music. My classes were quite a distance from each other, so I used a small skateboard to travel around. One day, I left the dorm and started to skate toward a group of girls. I made a quick turn and headed uphill toward the street. I misjudged the slope, and with one foot on the skateboard, I leaned back and fell. When I stood up, I saw that the skateboard had rolled out into the street, going back and forth between the cars. There was an immediate feeling of sadness, 
and I began to reflect on how my attachments had caused this issue. For me, it was easy to see that I had been going too fast, which I did because of my attachment to showing off. To avoid stirring up this attachment, I tried to use my skateboard more slowly and quietly. I also tried to think of my skateboard as just a tool for transportation. There was also a deeper attachment as the feeling of lust had appeared when I made a quick turn to impress the girls. Since then, I have very closely watched where I was going. This event also served as a warning because the skateboard could have caused a car accident. Part 2. Clarifying the Truth on Campus At the start of the COVID lockdown, many young practitioners from Falun Dafa clubs on campus began to brainstorm about ways to introduce the practice and clarify the truth to the other students. I met these practitioners through an organization called Students for Falun Gong. During one of our discussions, we decided to hold a movie screening for the animated film Up We Soar. Over a hundred people attended the online event, and many stayed for the Q&A session with the main protagonist of the film. In the beginning, I helped create promotional materials by editing and formatting the images. The event information was then posted online so young practitioners could share the link with others. Next, we all made email scripts and looked for college departments that might have professors interested in this film. I felt tired during this process, but when we were finished, I felt relaxed, and that cycle kept repeating. I would feel tired, then relaxed, tired, then relaxed. And after we were finished creating the materials, I met with the young practitioners often to discuss how to promote the event. I realized that there were lots of resources on campus and that these young practitioners should find their own means of telling people about the screening. The first screening turned out to be a big success, and we were able to hold several more. I had some success promoting these screenings to the drivers and passengers while I was riding the bus, and after some time, another opportunity appeared. It was getting dark outside, and after two or three stops, I noticed that no one was getting on or off the bus. There was only one other person riding with me, and she was sitting right in front of me. A thought appeared that I must give her a Shenyun flyer. Another thought appeared about how tired I felt and that it might be too late since the Shenyun performance was that weekend. I knew that even if she didn't go to see the performance, I could still clarify the truth to her. I already knew I was destined to give her the flyer. So I went up and started telling her about Shenyun. Suddenly, the bus driver overheard me and shouted, Another movie screening? I smiled and said, No, this is something different. It was the same driver I told about the movie screenings a while back. We were able to chat for some time, and the bus driver said that he would go to see Shen Yun with his wife. Through social media, I heard that a controversial speaker was coming to give a talk on campus. The speaker was going on tour to different universities, and one of our student organizations had invited him to our campus. After learning a bit more about the event, I realized it was going to be huge and a great opportunity to clarify the truth. The day before the event, I was returning home from classes when I happened to meet the students who had invited this speaker. I talked to them for a while, thanked them for holding this event, and gave them some flyers. They were surprised to hear that Falun Gong is banned in China. They invited me to come early tomorrow so I could get a front row seat to the event. On the day of the event, local practitioners helped bring some flyers and materials to pass out. 
security had told us that we were allowed to distribute them outside the venue. People came early to the event, and the line stretched all the way down the stairs, outside the building, and around the corner, so I took a big bag of flyers and began to pass them out. There were many people in that line, young and old, couples and families, and I gave most of them flyers. After some time, a group of student protesters came near the building. I headed over to the protesters while another practitioner handed out flyers to the people waiting in line. There were people watching the protest, so I handed out flyers to them as well. When I ran out of materials, I began to wait in line to enter the event. A person told me that I couldn't bring my backpack inside, so I had to walk all the way to the library to store it. By the time I got back, the venue was full. Perhaps I wasn't meant to listen to the speaker. Local practitioners then had to leave, so they gave me the materials that were left. It was a handful of Minghui special edition newspapers. Since most people were already indoors, I waited until after the event ended and passed out the newspapers by the exit doorway. I would like to thank Master for the opportunity to share my experiences from cultivating in Falun Dafa. Thank you, Master. Thank you, fellow disciples. The following is an experience-sharing article entitled, My Husband is a New Person After Practicing Falun Dafa, by a Falun Dafa practitioner in China. The article was published on the Mingwei website on July 23, 2023. My parents divorced when I was very young, and neither of them wanted me, so I was raised by my grandmother. She was my only family. My husband worked for a good company. Before we married, his parents tried to stop us from getting married because I practiced Falun Dafa, but he was determined and we eventually married. I soon found out that my husband was a heavy drinker and had a bad temper. He went out drinking every day and came home late, which caused many arguments between us. Guided by Falun Dafa's teachings, I was able to handle the situation with compassion. My husband often fell when he was drunk. He injured his neck and was in constant pain. He eventually developed heart problems. He took sick leave for a year because of his poor health. We went to a prestigious hospital out of town. The doctor said that my husband had severe irregular heartbeat and needed immediate surgery. He was terrified of the surgery, so I suggested he try practicing Falun Dafa. He agreed, so we went home. Every day I read him the Falun Dafa teachings to him, and then he learned the exercises. The first time he did the first exercise, when he pushed both hands forward, he heard a loud click and said it felt like his chest burst open. Afterwards, his heart no longer felt congested. One day he dreamed that Master was drawing a picture to show him how his body was being purified. The picture showed his body was filtered through three layers, and the filthy stuff that came out was poured into a basin. He said the dream was so vivid, it seemed real. 
My husband began discharging foul-smelling gas. For ten days he passed gas every two or three minutes, and the stench was awful. Afterwards, he said he felt great. He stopped drinking and soon quit smoking. It has been three years since my husband began practicing Falun Dafa. His chinching improved quickly, and he does the exercises diligently. He is able to abide by the principles of Falun Dafa at home and at work. The people around him are very impressed with his changes. I'd like to share a few stories with you. Part 1. Considerate of Others My husband went to buy some melon for his grandmother. The saleswoman accidentally dropped it on the ground and it split open. My husband didn't want her to get into trouble, so he just paid for the split melon. When I asked him about it, he said that now he is a cultivator and he has to be considerate of others. One day he noticed multiple bicyclists had fallen over in the garage at work. He ran over, picked them up one by one and put them back in order. The supervisor upstairs saw the neat bicycles and wanted to publicly praise my husband to everyone. My husband asked how he knew it was him. The supervisor replied, Who else would do that except you? In my husband's company, everyone is assigned to keep a particular area clean. My husband was responsible for keeping the office clean, and an elderly worker had to clean the restroom. My husband realized that cleaning the restroom was much harder, so he switched jobs with that co-worker. In the past, my husband would easily get angry during conflicts. After he began practicing Falun Dafa, he changed. He was able to calm down and handle things well and not be resentful of others. Part 2. Filial Piety My husband is a dutiful and respectful son. He takes good care of his parents and my grandmother. He always tries to do whatever they ask. Whenever they need something, he drops what he's doing and helps them. One night, his father told him his cell phone charger was broken. My husband immediately went out to buy a new one and then drove to his father's place to deliver it. His mother loves seafood, so my husband brings some whenever we visit them. He was kind to my grandmother who lived with us, and he often took her out to eat. When people found out that he was her grandson-in-law, they were impressed with his patience and kindness. On her birthday, he invited all her children over to celebrate. We took care of her until she died and then paid for her funeral. Part 3. Walking on the Right Path It seemed like all my husband's friends were his drinking buddies. Some of them didn't know that he started practicing Falun Dafa, and some, who were gang members, wanted to recruit him to be their leader with an annual salary of 800,000 yen, but he rejected it on the spot. It wasn't easy for my parents to raise me, he told them. I cannot break their hearts. Now that I practice Falun Dafa, I hope you will take care of yourselves as well. After he began practicing Falun Dafa, my husband completely changed. Our family members Relatives, friends, and co-workers are all amazed and said he is like a new person. 
We are deeply grateful to Master for His compassion, protection, guidance, and blessings. Thank you for listening to the Minghui Radio Podcast. For more information, including news about the persecution of Falun Gong practitioners in China and experience sharing stories by practitioners around the world, please visit our website at en.minghui.org.